You are listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Certain foods and beverages seem to go in and out of style as new research emerges to support or refute their health benefits. Yet when it comes to eating red meat, despite the long-standing advice from nutrition experts, taste buds never seem to tire of the all-American burger or the juicy tenderloin steak. New research provides what is billed as definitive evidence that a penchant for red meat can shorten the lifespan. How can we use this research to encourage our patients to work toward healthier food habits? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Kathleen Margolin, and joining me from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, is Dr. Barry Popkin, the Carla Smith Chambliss Distinguished Professor of Global Nutrition at the University of North Carolina and Director of the University's Interdisciplinary Obesity Center. Welcome, Dr. Popkin. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Dr. Popkin, the recent study of meat intake and mortality that was published in the Archives of Internal Medicine concluded that red meat and processed meat intakes were associated with increases in mortality. Tell us about this finding and how the consumption of red meat and processed meats affected mortality. Okay. Well, as a very brief background, this was a very large study, essentially over 530,000 people who are members of the AARP were surveyed in great detail by the National Cancer Institute about their diet, their lifestyle, a whole variety of other issues, but really in great depth, including on a large sample, 24-hour recalls, and on the others, very detailed food frequencies. After this occurred, they followed the people over 10 years, and from that they found that for both men and women, if you consumed about five ounces a day of red meat versus less than an ounce, you would increase by 30%, either men or women, your chances of dying. And rather than just looking only at colorectal cancer, where they found that same effect, they did it for total cancer deaths and total heart disease deaths and total deaths. And so this is the first study on such a huge sample in the world that's so well done. It's kind of the Rolls-Royce of studies. And it said, right now we lose between over a 10-year period in the U.S., between the age of 50 and 60, about 3 million men. We would cut that by a million men approximately if, indeed, people went down to consuming rather than a hamburger a day, let's say once a week or twice a week. So a very profound effect on survival. Mm, And they looked at a variety of diseases. What exactly is it about red meat and processed meats that contributes to these diseases? Well, there are a range of different things, and all the mechanisms are not totally clear. There are certain things in the red meats. I forgot to mention that for processed meat, and processed meat are hot dogs, salami, sausages, and all the cold cuts, all of them. That was like an ounce a day or a hot dog a week versus almost nothing or a hot dog a month. So that's had the same kind of increase in survival and reduction in mortality. And they compared them, of course, with some healthier meats like fish and poultry, and they had a positive effect. So one last point to clarify. The red meat includes pork. This is lamb, beef, pork, all animals that walk on hooves. So 
people should not think of pork as a white poultry or the white meat. In this case, for death, it's the same. So what is the reason behind it? Well, one of the issues we've often talked about is there's extra heme iron in the beef, and we can get too much iron, and it does certain things to the system. A second is they talk about the nitrosamines, certain compounds, but there are a number of other things about red meat, aside from just the saturated fats, we don't truly understand everything. We knew for cancer, for colorectal cancer, they've really figured it out, but for all cancers and for all heart disease and total deaths, we really have a lot of understanding. And they controlled for activity, they controlled for other kinds of diets, they did an enormous amount controlling for smoking and drinking. My feeling is, besides the saturated fat, there are just some other things in the way we've been processing and handling across the globe are animal foods. They're much different fat than they were 50 and 100 years ago when animals were grazed. They have all the antibiotics and hormones in them. There's just too many issues in what's in red meat today versus what it was hundreds of years ago for us to totally understand it because we've changed in so many ways how we breed and feed our animal. Hmm. You mentioned white meat, and that does not include pork. The subjects in the study who consumed more white meat and those who ate more fruits and vegetables were not really emphasized in the journal article or the press coverage no, that it no. received. No, the, the press coverage on that focused on the negative, but the positive was you had a slight reduction in mortality from the other meats, from fish and poultry. And it wasn't as big as some studies have shown, but they were looking at total mortality. And so there's certain kinds of issues where we know fish are better, but they were combining and looking at all of those. But the point is, eating all of that kind of food, eating all the poultry in the world, having turkey and chicken, having fish, great, eat those. Consume dairy, but don't consume the livestock. I'm sure that the statement that you just made is part of this, but what is the direct take-home message that you have written about for physicians based on this article? Well, I've written about two things. One is I wrote about the environmental cost of this. They asked me in JAMA to write for the archives a review that would talk about the broader cost of livestock. And for the physicians, we need to understand that in that red meat, including pork, we get half of the antibiotics that we consume in the U.S. comes from those products. So cutting red meat will cut antibiotics. We have more greenhouse gas emissions from livestock in America than we do from cars and all transportation. So there are other broader environmental changes that would shift if we move to poultry and fish away from livestock. But on the red meat side, just eat it once a week. If you're going to have a hot dog, have it once a month. Don't have them daily. Don't have them weekly. That we need to change and have a lot more poultry and a lot more fish. If you're going to have cold cuts, have turkey. That's the really the take-home message. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Kathleen Margolin, and my guest is Dr. Barry Popkin, professor of global nutrition at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and author of the book, The World is Fat, the fads, trends, policies, and products that are fattening the human race. Dr. Popkin, you just mentioned the greater impact of red meat consumption, and... 
I'm curious what you think about this. It's been almost 40 years since Frances Moore LePay wrote Diet for a Small Planet, and she pointed out the relationship between meat production for food and hunger. And unlike other foods, meat, as you have noted, is of concern to the medical community, not just because of the direct effects on personal health, but also because it has an impact on water, climate, and energy. How does meat as a food source impact those areas? First and foremost, red meat and livestock production uses about a third of the world's water. And so it's clearly the increases going on. We in the West consume literally eightfold what they consume in China and India. But as China and India increases some and we do not decrease, it's affecting the world's water supply even more. Number two, livestock produces more greenhouse gas emissions than we get from all transportation in this country and across the globe. Number three, it really has other effects in terms of putting pollutants in the soil and pollutants into the water streams of America and across the globe. And there's been some definitive international consensus documents on the role of livestock that have pretty much shown that if we could cut even by a few percent our livestock consumption in Europe and the U.S., we would truly benefit the globe's climate quite a bit. And we use about eight times the amount of land for livestock that we do for basic food, fruits and vegetables and poultry. So cutting livestock consumption would have many major effects on the planet's health. Do you think that knowledge of this, of the more far-reaching health consequences of meat as a food source, should influence the recommendations that physicians give to their own patients? Well, that's very complex because physicians are giving recommendations about personal health. They can mention some of these broader issues, and clearly we've been discussing this across the globe in terms of our recommendations of dealing with the future of America when it comes to both obesity and the way we're eating and the changes going on in our country. And yes, I think they should mention this, but I think there's enough health effects from red meat, and that's the primary concern physicians have. But as members of society, I'd love to have them speak out like I was asked to and understand some of these broader implications of our diet on the way we eat. Having doctors add their voice is critical to improving the planet's health. What do you think the sociological factors are in this country that will challenge the effectiveness of the recommendations that you're suggesting? Well, one of the critical issues is just kind of American independence. But, you know, people want to have freedom and we're not supposed to tell them what to do. But in reality, the critical issues are going to be the size of the livestock sector. We have generated one of the world's largest sets of subsidies for producing livestock in the U.S. and in Europe. And we continue that. And that group is a huge lobby, and it's affected our farm bills. We still give very large subsidies to the livestock sector to make what we can they produce even cheaper than it would be otherwise. And that cheaper price, we've cut the price in the U.S. of 100 pounds of beef, if you can think in those terms, to 20% today of what they were in 1960 in real terms. So our government has focused and our livestock industry has created the self-perpetuating cheap price that would go away if indeed the government 
and the country to change. So the sociology is there's huge politics to keep advertising. We give dollars for every livestock that's killed goes to a lobby group that's required money that government has by law that then lobbies us to consume more of their product. So we've kind of created this self-perpetuating giant. The meat industry can't be too happy about research such as the research that we're talking about. And and you have just said that pork is not the other white meat. It is red meat. What has been the response of the meat industry? Well, the meat industry will try, have been trying to say, oh, it's a bad study. They didn't look at enough people, whereas all the other studies in the past have looked at 100,000, and this looks at a half a million. But they haven't had a good response. It's understandable because... This is really the best study that's ever been done, and it is such a huge number of Americans. When you're talking about studying over a half a million, 320,000 men and a quarter of a million women, that's a huge, and to follow them for 10 years and to see who dies and to link how they ate with their death and to control for everything else that we know that causes death. It's just too good a study. So they've kind of been a little quiet compared to what they've been on other kind of research in the past. Are physicians themselves personally on board with this message of eating less meat? I don't think they are. I don't think that physicians say much to their patients about diet. Cardiologists and oncologists are more involved. The bulk of physicians, internal medicine folks, primary care people, pediatricians, they do not deal with diet adequately. They do not talk about, and they see patients coming in who are fat or who have poor health habits. They hardly talk about it at all. We've known that red meat may have negative health effects for a long time, but there have been slow changes in behavior. Do you feel like we're going to turn a corner soon in our behavior with regard to red meat consumption? I'm not optimistic at all. Without the medical profession pushing hard, without our government finding ways to remove the subsidies in the U.S. and Europe, marketing continues. We have billions of dollars going into marketing red meat and processed meat. And what are a few voices with a little bit of literature on radio and TV going to do? Thank you, Dr. Popkin, for the interesting conversation. My pleasure. I'm Dr. Kathleen Margolin, and my guest has been Dr. Barry Popkin, Professor of Global Nutrition at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and author of the book, The World is Fat, The Fads, Trends, Policies, and Products that are Fattening the Human Race. You've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and thank you for listening.